Hey everybody, um, this isn't going to be a typical episode today, uh, doing something pretty different, very different and totally new for me as well. Um, when I set all this up, I kind of wanted to talk about bigger things. I wanted to speak to people about their experiences in science and how they felt things maybe needed to change what they liked, what they disliked, what they felt needed to be done differently. Um, and I've kind of touched on on that with some people to some extent. But um, I guess one thing that I did it for was to sort of make people in science more like people and not, not ideas or a preconceived notion of what a scientist is supposed to be not necessarily challenging stereotypes in a radical way just make it clear that we're like everybody else that there's nothing truly different or unique about some of us and I've sort of done that one thing I and I don't know whether it's because it's probably because I'm not you know, a, a skilled interviewer of any status. And because the people I'm speaking to are uh, typically, like all of them have been Brits, but they're pretty reserved people. Um, don't give too much away. Keep the personal stuff private and the public stuff professional. Um, but one thing we haven't really talked about is mental health. And not just about mental health for academics but I think for young people in academia and in the world as it is today at large so I'm just going to put my cards on the table if people listen to this then maybe people I speak to in the future and I don't know how often or how many times that's going to happen because I've been swallowed by work it's only going to get more busy and I want to devote real time to doing this at some point. Maybe when I start writing, I'll have a bit more motivation to do this, but um, I'm just going to put my cards on the table. I'm just going to explain what I consider to be a problem with academia in so far as mental health is concerned and keeping people happy from my own experience from what I have what I've I don't want to say gone through but from my perspective um, and I think recently the biggest thing that has um, it's affected that I think is just a sense of, of loneliness of disconnection between academics and the real world, and academics, and other people. It's easy to sort of, you know, fall into the trope that academics are these, these special people with these very, very particular and specialized skill sets that they do these wonderful things. But the fact of the matter is they are just people, which is, again, the, the fund, one of the bigger, more basic reasons why I started this. But you know, you can't put them on a pedestal. I don't want that. 
not for me. And you know, I've realized recently that I don't really have many social engagements at all outside of work. And I work in an office environment with individual work. And so my social engagements and activities, week on week, month on month, are minimal at best. And the work's getting harder, more draining, more exhausting, and I kind of need that more and more, and I don't know where to find it. You know, the my parents don't have a lot of friends. You know, they kind of just go to work, come back, and they, they, they get on with things, you know, but... I'm supposed to be in like the prime of my life. I'm 26. I'm supposed to be out with friends and family and having a blast at weekends. But here I am on a Saturday afternoon, you know, laying bare my own idiosyncrasies and troubles to what could just be a wall. Um, I don't know if anyone's going to listen to this. Listen to it seriously. You know, I should be out with friends and family. But my family aren't here. You know, my family are at home or not. Here in Glasgow, my sister's in England, but, you know, it's still not exactly... It's not exactly a subway journey or a quick bus ride to go and see them. They're not here, so I can't spend time with them. Not without really planning it. And friends, I mean... All my friends have gone. I've been here for eight years, and a lot of them have left for England, or they've gone home wherever home is, or they've just got their own things to do. You know, maybe they've got their own family to spend time with, or they've got a partner, or they've got their own hobbies and interests to pursue, and I'm clearly not a part of that. So I'm on my own a lot and it's easier. It's not as far from fucking fun. And I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. I don't want to engage in academia. So going to work doesn't reap rewards for me. It doesn't reveal any long-term benefit. It's just going into work to get this done and to leave it behind and do something else. And I don't know what that is. And that's and that, that scares me. I could be 27, 28 when I finish this and then I have to start all over again, again, somewhere. And it's not, it's not going to be here. I'm not I'm not staying in Glasgow after this. You know, I've got I've got I've got ten months on the clock before money runs out and then I'm gone. And that doesn't really leave me a lot of opportunities to to make friendships or to, you know, long lasting relationships of any sort. So like I, I kinda have to, you know, wake up and smell the coffee and realize that there's ten months left. It could be a shitty 10 months, and I'm going to have to do this feeling isolated.
I don't like the sound of it, but it's it's the way things are shaping up. So yeah, so yeah, loneliness is a big um, a big side of it for me. Um, I don't know. Screw it. Let's do depression. Um. working at something for three years that you don't give a shit about and ultimately won't help you it, it that's depressing it's really shit you know i started this wanting to make a difference like a real positive difference through nuclear fusion because the way it's shaping up, that's still going to be the thing that keeps us all afloat when the coal is gone and the oil is burnt off and the sky is turning into an oven with global warming. Part of me wanted to be in the history books, you know, in the control room, like you see with NASA when, you know, the shuttle lands or, you know, they bring their boys home and you know the clipboards are in the air and there's cheering and whatever else i kind of wanted to be there but i'm not because i'm not dedicated enough to this i don't care enough about the abstractions and the peculiar details so i'm not doing this and that's that's challenged it's cha- it's challenged everything because you were always you always went to school for academic purposes and i've been in education for oh christ 22 years and this realization has been such a paradigm shift because the the the, the continued goal what all of this has been working towards is now false. It's got to be something else. And I have to fill that void somehow. And I don't know what it is. I really don't. It could be it could be policy or project management. And teaching is something that I've recently given a lot more thought to. You know, one of the one, one of the old guys from work he the a pick answer and and I know what the answer is because I did it I worked it out I didn't have to submit my responsibility to a computer to do it for me and then I thought about school and I thought about teachers and how they've impacted my life and thought, you know, that's an important thing to do. So, yeah, I've considered that, but Jesus, the prospect of having to go home and do another year of education and then maybe even maybe even live at home for a year. Well, that's just fucking exhausting on top of everything else. And then, then I'm nearly 30 before 
I've got even close to, I'm like, I'm 10 years behind other people. And yeah, you shouldn't compare yourself to other people, but Jesus, a lot can happen in 10 years. And I'm near enough missing out on all of that. And that's scary. Even as it stands, I'm already five years behind some people. I mean, I do a five-year undergrad, and then I do three years, three and a half years of a PhD. And there's students who went, did a bachelor's degree in England who are jumping into grad schemes at 21, 22, and they're already making more money than me. They're making more money, they're meeting people, they're figuring out their life, settling down and getting things right, and I seem to be just rolling along with things. And that just doesn't sit well with me. So, um, oh shit, I never even, never even talked about the, the, the depression. Um, you know, you, you work at something that, that you don't really care about for three years and ultimately won't help you. And it, it bears down on you. And then you get deadlines coming in. I need this done for a conference. I need this done for this, that, and the other. And, you know, you work at it and you work at it you're trying and you're really fucking trying to make this thing work and maybe you do get it to work but it's so exhausting it's so tiring day in day out and going in the evenings to do extra work to try and get this fucking thing working and it, it it weighs down on you, and I I drank a bottle of whiskey in about five days, which is a lot for me. Maybe it's just a night out for a first year in undergrad, but for me, that is a lot. And I've started to drink more in general because I'm not really happy with things. And, you know, I did the right thing. I I went, you know, to a doctor and, you know, they sort of said, yeah, you got to do things that you enjoy. So I started playing guitar more. It, it helps, you know, but it doesn't, it doesn't get me away from the job, you know. I still have to go in and not enjoy it to finish and get three letters on the end of my name. And, you know, when you tell anybody you're doing a PhD, all you get is, oh, man, you must be so smart to do that. You must be, you know, that must be tough. Or, or, you know, God, wish I could do it. And all of a sudden, I'm, they make me different to whoever I tell that to. And I'm not. I'm still just a guy. I don't like being detached from other people. So, yeah. Um, maybe that wasn't as open as people expected or wanted or hoped for. But I think that's all you're getting right now. Um, at least on that. What else? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't even, I don't even know where I belong anymore. It's it's funny because all of these things are the consequences of relationships or experiences or interactions with people, and yet the thing I most want to get away from is Glasgow. It's not the people, it's the city, you know. The only thing intrinsic to the city that I don't really like is the fucking weather, but it's still, it's, it's the people and the 
events that have had the experience and the impact and that's I wouldn't care if they kind of came with me but somehow it's the place I want to get away from and Brexit has challenged all of this too you know I don't agree with this the, 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 the you know prevailing ideology that seems to exist in certain places in the United Kingdom and I, 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 I can't see myself belonging there I can't belong in Scotland. You know, everyone everyone here loves their saltire and they love their country and they have a right to. And they're not assholes about it. Scottish people are. They're the best nationalists I've ever met. But after all this, I can't stay. So going home is the obvious option. Which is odd because it's... A country I have pissed on a great height from for years. And now I see myself going back to it. I was home a couple of weeks ago and I loved it. I don't think I've ever had that much fun at home. Whether it's just going for walks with family or going to the cinema or just going out for food. You know, it was... It was great. And I can't have that here. Because they're not here. So yeah. I don't know where I belong. Maybe that's it. But I never once considered myself having a life there. I always thought I'd go away. I thought I would move away to America or Canada after this. And set up there with a different environment entirely. But I could not fit in there I could not blend in there all I've ever really wanted to do was belong and despite always being good at academically and always seeming to just fit in there I don't fit in anymore so yeah people put me on a pedestal People connecting to me in a way that is, is comfortable to me. And, and you know, it, it, come, it comes down to, to this as well. Something I haven't talked about is was relationships. You know, romantic relationships. How is, how is anybody supposed to make it work when you spend two years in one place and then move halfway across the world? And in physics... You know, Jesus, I can't tell people I do physics without them either putting me on the pedestal thinking, oh, you must be so smart, or just thinking, well, I have no hope of connecting with you. It makes it impossible for me to in any way connect with people. And it just contributes to the loneliness. I don't know what I'm really saying right now, but you know, all of all all of these these instances with academia 
all contribute towards a, 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 an overriding, an overwhelming sense of loneliness because I can't connect with friends. I can't connect with family the way I used to. I can't. And th th those are maybe unique to me, but most of all, I, I, I can't connect with, with women because people either write me off based on the name or as soon as the practicalities come into it, it just won't work. How am I supposed to develop a meaningful relationship when I've when there's a clock on things? Fair enough, that clock once started at four years, but now I'm left with ten months left. And w what do I do? You know, I'm I'm going in ten months, and, and Christ knows I've seen it. Long distance doesn't work. And you, yeah, sure, you may be thinking, well, Glasgow, Belfast, it's, it's, it's nothing. But if I have to plan my travel to meet someone, that that's long distance. You mightn't see it that way, but if I've got to get a timetable out to figure it out, then, you know, it makes things difficult. And, you know, I'm 26. You know, people who, who have their lives together at 26 start thinking about mortgages. I can't, I can't connect or date or get involved with someone who's thinking about a mortgage. Because I'm not going to be here. So, yeah. It all, all adds together to just detach me from a world I've all I, I really just wanted to be a part of. And at least recently. I think that's kind of it. Jesus, twenty two minutes nearly. Um You know, that was that was tougher to say than I thought it would be. But um but there it is. There's my cards on the table. Um, I know I'm just looking at a chair and talking. And maybe no one will feel any better knowing that someone else, is, you know, deals with this. But if the people I speak to at least listen to this, then maybe they won't feel so bad about discussing it themselves. That's really what I wanted to do here. So that the people who do want to listen to this show can observe a dialogue about real issues and not just and not just the surface level problems in academia. But anyway, um that's pretty much what I wanted to cover. Um I'm sorry if it's not what you expected, as far as updates are concerned. And there's gonna be a lot of you know, sort of white, not white noise, um, blank space and dead air between sentences while I try and think of what to say. But really, I'm not that articulate and this is kind of just a brain fart of ideas that are sitting there that have been bothering me that need to be talked about. And, um, and that's it, really. God, if just there was a, a community 
you know, people talk about the academic community, but they don't talk about a community. They talk about a professional network. The community's different. Communities look out for each other. Communities help each other. They socialize, they engage with, they interact with each other. A professional network serves each other. You know, academia needs a better definition of community, or at least a community that follows real engagement as a community and treat each other and respect each other like a community should and not just a professional network of scratch my back, I scratch yours. Maybe just scratch someone's back if they need it. Anyway, um, that's me done. Thank you for sitting through this. I hope it's maybe helped you, um, listener. And uh, if any guests are listening to this, you know, Jesus, you don't need to cry on mic, but, you know, I'm not going to take the piss out of you if you if you talk about this stuff or want to. If you don't want to, it's fine too. But um, my cards are on the table, so read them. See what you make of it. And um, God's help, you know, just, that wasn't even a real word. Um, yeah, just look after yourself and, uh, yeah, I'll see you soon.